Okay, so the sermon today is uh, the second one in Proverbs. Ron introduced it last week and did an excellent job. And today we're just going to get into one unit. It's Proverbs 11, verses 16 through 18. And we're going to learn some wisdom for how to treat people. So go ahead and get your people in mind, the people that you see regularly, um, the people that you end up interacting with all the time, people at work, at home, family, neighbors, acquaintances, whoever it is that you interact with regularly. Bring them up. Pull those images up in your mind. We want to think really practical because Proverbs is really practical. So be thinking about how you treat these people as we get into this. We're going to treat people differently because we're Christians. We have been treated a certain way by God, and now we receive all that grace and mercy from Him, and we transfer that on in how we treat other people. So the way we treat people is going to look different from the way non-Christians treat people, and that'll have a lot of practical implications, as we'll see in these verses today. So I'll frame the first point as a question. Are you gracious or violent? Are you gracious or violent in the way you treat people? Let's read verse 16, Proverbs chapter 11. A gracious woman gets honor and violent men get riches. A gracious woman gets honor and violent men get riches. Now I know you guys pretty well, and I don't think any of you are especially physically violent. I don't think any of you own brass knuckles or nunchucks or anything like that. None of you guys are in a violent street gang that I'm aware of. But this is a broader idea than just that kind of physical violence. It does include that kind of physical violence. Christians should not be physically violent to get their way. But there's other ways of being violent for what this passage is talking about. Um, it's, it's when your go-to move to get your way is force. Using your strength and your might and your power to get your way. That's what this passage has in mind when it says violence. So for little kids, it could be as simple as snatching the toy that they want from their brother, sister, or classmate, or whatever. That's a violent approach to getting what they want. Teenagers, it might be physical violence, getting in fights at school. Uh, we had a gas station near our high school that everybody knew that was the place. If people had a disagreement and they were going to fight, they weren't going to do it on school grounds where they'd get in trouble. They were going to go behind this gas station nearby the school and fight. Uh, as you get, grow into adulthood, physical violence becomes uh, much less common among mature adults, but they can still be very violent with their words or even with silence, whatever they try to use to, by brute force, get their way would be under this category of violence. Now, it's contrasted with graciousness. Graciousness means your go-to move is blessing people. So instead of your go-to move being violently trying to take what you want and get ahead by force, the gracious person, their go-to move is blessing other people. Uh, being pleasant and kind toward other people. Now, we know that grace is more Christ-like than violence. God looks at us, we're sinful people, and He, through Jesus Christ, extends grace toward us. He paid for our sins so that we, 
even though we don't deserve it, could be forgiven and made right with him. And then we live a life just drenched in his his grace. So we know as Christians, this is in our DNA, that it's good and right to be gracious and not violent toward people. The point here is that it's not just morally and spiritually right to be gracious instead of violent. It's wise to be gracious instead of violent. It just works better in reality as God has designed it. Your life will go better if you choose to be gracious rather than violent as you interact with people. Grace is wiser than violence. Grace gets you honor. It says the, a gracious woman gets honor. That means glory or weight. Uh, it's, it's the idea of a weighty, good reputation with other people. If you're gracious to people, you are gaining a good reputation. Violence, it says, gets you riches. Violent men get riches. Now, riches are not bad in of themselves. Proverbs talks about riches in a positive light in many cases. And if you're violent to get your way, you can get stuff. You can get ahead in a lot of ways. You can get riches, but you cannot get honor. And as we'll see as we get into the verses that follow, honor is way more valuable than riches, especially riches without honor. You can get a promotion. You can, you can maybe get a better income. You can climb the corporate ladder by being a bully and being violent in your ways, but you're not going to get a good reputation. That kid can snatch a toy from the other kid beside him, and he can gain that toy, but he's not going to gain a friend. That teenager can win the fight behind the gas station near the high school, and he can have victory there, but he's not going to gain a good reputation among the high school. Uh, He might think that that's going to make him look tough and cool and good, but ultimately it makes people turn away, and it makes him look foolish. Uh, An adult may win a lot of arguments by having more powerful words and more cutting sarcasm and the quicker wit, but they're not going to gain a good reputation and honor in their workplace or in the community. This is just wisdom. So Proverbs, it talks a lot about morality, but the main benefit of Proverbs is just wisdom. This is, it just works better if you operate according to reality the way God has designed it. And the way he's designed it, graciousness gets you more than violence gets you in the long run. So the go-to move that you choose, if you choose violence or grace, will have an impact on you and your life. So let's read verse 16 and then verse 17 and add that to it, because this is part of a unit of thought here. A gracious woman gets honor. Note that he highlights just an individual woman who did not have a great deal of power and influence in that society. She can get honor by being gracious. And and violent men get riches. So here's almost a picture of like a gang of strong men who by force take what they want. That's the contrast. And then into verse 17. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. So the move you choose is going to affect you personally. It'll affect the other people around you. You'll be a whole lot more pleasant to be around if you choose grace instead of face punching all the time instead of violence. But it's also going to affect you. It's going to come right back to you. And it's not talking about karma. This isn't the idea that the universe is somehow going to bestow blessings on you if you're nice. 
as opposed to being mean. It's just logic. It's as if God programmed reality like a video gamer, a video game programmer making a video game. He designed it as such that if you are gracious and kind, you benefit, you get points. If you're violent and cruel, it detracts from you. It takes away from you. That's just the way reality works. And I think we know that logically. We see that work itself out. Um, I think we, I think back to when I first started at the church. Um, it was right after the uh, recession of 2008 and everything, and, and the economy was really bad. And we used to get phone calls, one or two at least, every week from people somewhere in Charlotte in need of financial help. And at that point, I didn't have any real plan in place for how to handle that. I didn't realize how frequently I was going to be getting those calls. And so I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor. I felt like I needed to try to do my best to help each and every one of these people. And so I actually, it was probably really foolish to do, but I actually went and met some of these people to try to figure out how to help. And in a lot of these cases, they were in an impoverished situation because of big issues that were beyond their control. But uh, in many of them, it was because they had burned every relational bridge they had. I would ask them, well, what about your family? Do you have parents or siblings or aunts and uncles in the area? And they'll say, yeah, but I, you know, they're not going to talk to me. They don't talk to me anymore. They had made so many choices along the way that had just destroyed their whole social network to where they were really completely on their own. Now, those may not have all been violent choices. Some of those may have been as a result of drug addiction or whatever. But we can see how foolish decisions relationally do come back and haunt us. I was thinking about this preparing for the sermon. I think one reason this is tricky to see is that sometimes it does seem like nice guys finish last. In the short run, sometimes it does seem like violence and cruelty can get you more of what you want than graciousness and kindness do. But in the long run, that's actually not true. And even non-Christian secular sociologists would agree with that. I uh, go to the Mint Hill Library sometimes and just like to pick up some of the sort of pop sociology books there. And there was one called Give and Take by a researcher named Adam Grant. And the whole book was pretty much just an outworking of this proverb. He didn't know that. He wasn't writing from a Christian perspective. But the premise of his book was in the business world, givers actually get more than takers. And those who are really generous in business dealings and the corporate world actually end up rising higher and being more successful in the long run. But what makes that tricky is that in the short run, those people do worse. So they did all this scientific research and found that the very worst performing people in all the companies they analyzed were givers. They were selfless, generous people. And they thought, well, maybe this disproves our theory. Maybe being generous and gracious and kind doesn't get you ahead. But then as they continued their research, they saw also that the very top performing people in these companies were the givers. The takers, the bullies, the violent and cruel people, they were just sort of in the middle. And what they found was it was those who were just starting at the companies and they were givers who were at the bottom. But over time, that accumulated goodwill for them and they rose beyond their taking peers. So I just share all that to say this is wisdom that you can study and see in the world, even outside of God's special revelation, the Bible, 
even in general revelation, just looking at what happens, you can see this principle holds true. And don't be fooled by the fact that it might take some time for you to benefit yourself by being kind. It will benefit you in the long run, even if it looks like cruelty benefits you more in the short run. I think this is why teenagers especially struggle to make good decisions here. Teenagers struggle to think long term. They tend to think about just what's right in front of them. They don't realize these little decisions that they're making now are going to have long-term effects. They don't think about the long game. That's why Proverbs is written, especially to young men, to get them to think about the long game. If you keep making the decisions you're making, where will it take you in the long term? Are you benefiting yourself or are you hurting yourself? That's how a wise person thinks. Now, I know this probably seems a little bit selfish and manipulative to be uh, gracious and kind because of what you're going to get out of it. That seems like an oxymoron. Uh, But Proverbs here is giving us a principle of how life works. It's not really trying to motivate us so much as inform us. This is just how things work. Our motivation comes by the fact that we've been transformed through Jesus Christ. So we're going to be increasingly gracious and kind because that's who we are now. That's our new heart that we've been given as Christians. But it's good to know also that it works. It works well to live your life this way. Being violent and cruel will lead to what the next verse calls deceptive wages. Being gracious and kind will lead to what the next verse calls sure rewards. So let's read these whole three verses. These are the only three verses we're going to look at today. Starting back at 16. A gracious woman gets honor, and violent men get riches. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. The wicked earns deceptive wages, but the one who sows righteousness gets a sure reward. So violence and cruelty makes you a wicked person. I just want to point that out right up front. Uh, We tend to think there aren't bad people, they're just bad choices. Well, Proverbs, the way it talks about it, your bad choices prove you to be a bad person. You can't make consistently violent and cruel choices and still delude yourself into thinking that you're overall a pretty good guy, a pretty good girl, gal. Now, that's not the case. Now it's getting more general. This violent, cruel type of person, it just calls wicked here, just just bad, rotten, twisted, crooked, uh, wicked person. And that kind of person, through their violence and cruelty, whatever gain they acquire, whatever riches they do win, will be deceptive. Uh, That toy that the kid snatches from the other kid is not as good as the friend that he could have made. It proves empty over time. As if those choices are continually his, he'll be lonely. He won't have any friends, and those riches will have deceived him out of true riches. Uh, the, the bigger the victory that you gain through violence and cruelty, the more empty it proves to be. And many adults, I think, can attest to that. Many who have scrambled to the top of the corporate ladder through just vicious, harsh means uh, do not tend to be happy um, this proves itself out. Some of you may even know what I'm talking about from per- personal experience. 
<clears throat> On the other hand, grace and kindness is what he calls here sowing righteousness. So you really do reap what you sow. You reap violence and cruelty. You sow a certain type of crop. I mean, you reap a certain type of crop and harvest from that. You sow grace and kindness. You're sowing righteousness, doing the right thing consistently, and you will reap a good harvest from that. Um, the path of violence and cruelty, it leads to a, a harvest of such trouble for yourself. Now, there, are, there are people who are lost in this dark, tangled woods that they planted. You know, when you're young, it doesn't seem like a big deal. You plant one seed of violence, you, you sow one seed of cruelty. Maybe you see a little bit of a sprout shoot up of consequences in your life, but it's, it's minimal. You can walk around it, no problem. But over time, you keep sowing those seeds. Those trees grow more plentiful and larger, and they tangle together. And before you know it, you've trapped yourself in consequences of your own decisions, and it's foolish. But if you sow grace and kindness, you're sowing righteousness, it's the same thing. Those trees will grow over time, and you'll have a harvest of, of honor, of good reputation, goodwill among people in the community. Now, the good news is, if, if anybody listening to this knows that they are trapped in a, a dark forest, that they planted themselves with their own consequences, uh, the good news is Jesus because we've all done that in some way or another. It might not be violence or cruelty. It could be some other folly that we've planted, and we're reaping the consequences of that. The good news is that when we repent of those things and go to Jesus for forgiveness and forsake those ways and, and embrace his ways, he can bring us through all that, and he can actually turn all that for our good. And so don't feel like it's too late. For you, if you are in the midst of a lot of consequences, it's never too late. Jesus can overcome all of that, uh, but it will take Jesus. You can't just right now start trying to make better decisions on your own. Our willpower just won't get it done. You need to trust and follow Jesus. So really the takeaway from this, as it is with every proverb, is let's be wise. Let's not be fools Let's be wise in how we treat people and not foolish in how we treat people. At work, instead of thinking, how much credit can I take? Think, how much credit can I give? When I think I've told you this story before, but I remember hearing a testimony from a construction worker who became a Christian. And when he started to trust and follow Jesus, he felt like one of the simplest things he could do was just change the way he operated at work every day. That's where he spent most of his time anyway. And so he stopped staying up late the night before uh, and drinking like a lot of his co-working buddies did. He started showing up at the work site early and ready. You know, he ate a good breakfast, ready to work well. Didn't complain like all those folks did who were tired and hung over from the night before. Uh, instead of trying to get out of the harder or dirtier work like a lot of his co-workers, he just dove right in, did the best job he could, tried to be a blessing to the people around him. And in no time, he actually did get promoted and ended up being an incredible success. Now, I'm not promising that's going to happen if you go to work tomorrow being nice. Uh, but generally speaking, it will go better for you if you try to be a blessing at work instead of being uh, just trying to get your way all the time.
in your interactions with that difficult person, maybe when you pulled up that list of people that you deal with regularly, there was a difficult person in the mix there. Um, in your interactions with them, just imagine one of your hardest interactions with that person. Maybe something that happened in the past. They do that thing or say that thing that flies all over you and makes you so mad. Imagine you reach into both your pockets, and in one pocket you have the violent option. It's the brass knuckles are in there. If you choose that option, you're going to just lay them out verbally. You're going to tell them the way it is and put a stop to this once and for all. You're going to get the final word. Well, we know where that leads based on Proverbs, and it doesn't lead to honor. You might win that argument, but you're not going to win any honor. So instead, you reach in the other pocket, and in there is grace and kindness. What Jesus taught us to do. Choose that one. That's the wise one. Pray for them. Just don't respond in kind to them. Don't, don't give them back what they're giving to you. That might just mean not saying anything, or it might mean saying something kind that actually diffuses whatever the difficulty is. That'll probably be one of your best opportunities to use this wisdom is with difficult people. Uh, kids at home together, stuck at home during the quarantine, not able to get away from their siblings as much as they used to. Your brother, your sister whacks you upside the back of the head by accident with something. Now you can choose the violent response. You can respond with a proportional response and whack them upside the back of the head with something. Or you can be wise and choose the kind response. Just assume it was an accident instead of assuming they did it because they wanted to give you a concussion. Uh, assume the best of them and be kind to them, forgiving to them. Let's make wise choices when someone posts something offensive on Facebook. You see a post, your thumbs start springing to action. They're ready to strike like lightning and say some, some zippy response. Don't do that. That's the violent response. Just let it go or say something kind. Somebody rips you off financially. Uh, somebody gets in your way at Costco. Don't respond violently. It's likely it's me. Uh, I told you guys recently, I think it's so funny. I'm going to tell the story again. Uh, at Costco and Matthews, they set up the self-checkout option, and it was kind of new to me. I hadn't been there before, so I was a little confused by it. I wasn't really sure where to go or where to be. And there was a lady behind me, her and her daughter, and they had a full buggy. And she whipped around past me, and I could tell she was so annoyed at me for standing there like an idiot. I'm sure, I'm sure I was in the way. I'm sure I was inconveniencing her. She knew what she was doing. I hadn't yet learned the system. Uh, but then, to make matters worse, I got in her way again somehow out in the parking lot. I actually can't even remember how I got in her way again. And I heard her say loudly to her daughter, People are so stupid. And I can't do anything about it. <laughs> I think that's just the funniest thing. Uh, but don't yell loud, mean things in the Costco parking lot at the annoying guy that doesn't know what he's doing. It might be me, your, your pastor, or someone equally nice and innocent like me. Uh, when the telemarketer calls and interrupts your dinner, uh, respond wisely to that. That's not someone you're likely ever to interact with again, but still it's an opportunity to be wise rather than foolish. I'll give you the script I use. I say it every time a telemarketer calls. I, I listen to their spiel and I say, uh, no thanks, I'm not interested, but I hope your other calls go well for you. And they always get right off the phone. They don't really pressure me anymore beyond that. Uh, and it hopefully is a little spot of, uh, I'm sure they face a lot of anger from people that they're calling around dinner time. And I don't want to be another one of those angry people because I think it's foolish. 
I think it'd be wiser to try to be kind to them. So let's get rid of our brass knuckles and nunchucks. Uh, you guys in the sanctuary, uh, there's bins set up in the foyer. Just drop them in there on your way out. You guys at home, toss them in the trash can. Uh, we Because it's, it's right, morally, to be gracious and kind. But more to the point, for this morning, it's wise to be gracious and kind. Your life will go better if you live according to these principles. Choose grace and kindness. So righteousness, and you will reap a sure harvest of honor. And that's our sermon for this morning. But I love you all, and hope you have a great week.